This episode of Moon Tower Business is brought to you by your local State Farm agent, Alejandra de la Torre. Alejandra's team has amazing customer service, knowledgeable staff, and super competitive pricing. They also have a very convenient location in Round Rock, located at 2200 North A.W. Grimes Boulevard, Suite 500. Alejandra's team is bilingual, and they have over 52 years of combined experience in the insurance industry. Alejandra's team is very friendly and helpful, and they always go the extra mile. They even have after-hours emergency availability. So please call Alejandra's State Farm team for all of your insurance needs, whether it's auto, home, life, or business. Their telephone number is 512-244-3311, or you can see their website at www.alexdelatorre.net. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Moon Tower Business Podcast. This is your host, Joseph O'Bell. And today I'm speaking to John Swihart, who is a senior vice president of growth at Electric Coin Company, who's a creator of Zcash. Uh, I'm in uh, Denver today. And uh, John, uh, uh, sorry, Josh, you're, you're in, uh, I apologize, you're in Denver as well, right? I am in Denver as well, yeah. Good, good. Well, welcome to the program. Thanks for being here. I apologize. I, <laughs> I got your first name in, uh, incorrect. It happens all the time. But uh, welcome and, and glad to, to have you here. Um, I'd like to visit with you and talk about Zcash, but I, maybe before we kind of kick off that, um, you can introduce yourself and uh, tell listeners a little bit about what you do at uh, Electric Coin Company. Sure. Yeah, my name is Josh Swire again. Uh, so I'm the Senior Vice President of Growth. And so I have responsibility for some of our strategy work. I have responsibility for user education and communications. Um, interestingly, I, I have responsibility for our regulatory relations as well, our, our government relations here in the U.S. and around the world, um, uh, and also partnerships. So things that we things that we do in, in partnership with exchanges and wallet providers and and others in the space. Very good. So it's an exciting time. Uh, 2021 for the crypto space generally. Um, Zcash is doing well. Um, it's on it's on uh, many different exchanges. Um, I guess for listeners that are not familiar with Zcash, can you kind of just generally describe um, a 101 on what Zcash is? Yeah, I'm mean, happy to. So the Zcash roots actually go back to the roots of Bitcoin. Um, I mean, it's the ancestor for everything, but. Um, one thing that, that Satoshi um, and Halfenny and others were talking about was that, that one of the challenges or the challenges with Bitcoin is that it wasn't private. Uh, there's no anonymity. You have these pseudo-anonymous addresses, but all the nodes on the network need to be able to validate all the transactions on the network. And therefore, everybody needed to be able to see all of these things. And the thought was at the time that maybe that's good enough um, because they couldn't find, figure out how to apply what's called zero knowledge cryptography um, to, uh, to Bitcoin. So zero knowledge cryptography was actually invented in, I believe the 1980s at MIT. Um, and it was basically in a paper. It had not been applied to, uh, to, it had not been in, kind of implemented in software and it certainly had not been applied to a cryptocurrency. It's very complex math. Uh, and so sometime after Bitcoin was launched, 
a number of scientists at Johns Hopkins, MIT, Tel Aviv Technion University, um, were all started working on this problem of how do we apply zero knowledge cryptography to Bitcoin? They solved it. Long story short, they engaged the Bitcoin core team. But that team felt like the cryptography was too novel and suggested that instead they look at another project where they could apply that cryptography um, to, to add it. And then if sometime later uh, it looked like it was going to work or uh, that kind of thing, then, then maybe they would add it to Bitcoin. So they reached out to another um, gentleman, Zuko Wilcox, who is um, the CEO of the company that I work for. And Zuko is a long time in the space. He actually wrote the first blog on Bitcoin, Satoshi linked to that blog. Um, so the scientists reached out to him and, and they uh, took the, the Bitcoin code, they forked the code, and then they added this cryptography on top that allowed for privacy, that allowed for private transactions on a public blockchain. Uh, and that's the first time that, that kind of encryption had been implemented. Um, so that's where Zcash was, was formed. Um, there's two types of transactions. There's a transparent, there's what's called the transparent address. And that address works just like Bitcoin um, as, a, as a fork. And then there's a shielded, which is that um, cryptography uh, that we were talking about, that zero knowledge cryptography that allows you to store your Zcash and to send it completely privately. And so, so those, those two options that you have, and how do you exercise those options in, in, uh, when you're making a transaction? You just choose an address type. So you have to have a wallet that supports uh, the shield, shielded Zcash. Uh, there's a few of them that are out there uh, that, that do. Zek Wallet Lite, Unstoppable, which is a multi-currency wallet. Um, uh, Nighthawk, which is another one. Um, so you have to have a wallet that supports shielded addresses. And then when you're sending transactions, you know the difference by the, the, uh, how the address starts with what the address starts with. So a transparent starts with a T. It's called a T address. And I know that if I'm sending uh, Zcash to somebody to a T address, at a T address, then it's going to be transparent on a blockchain. And if it's going to a shielded address, it starts with a Z. Uh, and, and that's how that, that, that's basically how that, that works today. How about uh, hardware wallets? Are there specific hardware wallets that uh, can do the both functions or, or do most hardware wallets do that? No, it's terrible. So you can you can store Zcash on Ledger and on Trezor and uh, SafePal. A number of hardware wallets support it. Most major exchanges support it, um, but only the transparent uh, transparent form of Zcash. Uh, that's shifting. There's somebody that's currently working on Ledger. I believe Trezor will be coming in the not too different distant future. But part of the challenge with that cryptography, because it was so new. It's very computationally intensive to, to send a shielded uh, transaction. It takes a lot of processing power. So in the past, it just was not feasible. It wasn't even feasible to do on a mobile phone until late 2018. So the, the cryptography, uh, we at ECC have some of the top cryptographers in the world. Uh, and they have had a number of crypto cryptographic breakthroughs, one of which um, was implemented with Sapling that allows for exchanges and uh, wallets to be able to support shielded transactions. Um, but people are just now implementing uh, implementing that on these devices. And so Electric Coin Company was the first to use zero knowledge cryptography in a cryptocurrency? Yep. And when was that? When was it launched? It was launched in October 2016. 
2016. So how long did it take to, I guess, to put together from, from concept to actually on an exchange? So that, that, that work started before I came on board. I even came on board, but, but there was like these multiple steps. So arguably you could say it started way back in the eighties with the, 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 when the paper was written at MIT, when, when zero knowledge cryptography was born, um, because it just took many, many years to figure out how to take that and to put that into code. And there was another paper called zero coin and some kind of history as it relates to how we got to Zcash today. Um, but it took many years. And then once the team really dug it, dug in um, and started working on it, um, uh, I don't know if it took a year, a year to two years, I think something like that to, to get it launched. Very good. So you talked about the history of, of uh, Zcash, um, you know, how, the concept and how, how it was formed. Um, and you described a little bit about, you know, its relation to, to Bitcoin, but can you kind of talk a little bit more about the, the major kind of key differences between Zcash and Bitcoin and other cryptocurrency that's out there? Yeah, there's a few. Um, one is the, what we talked about is, is privacy. And that's what I think most of the public recognizes, or that's, they, they view it as a privacy preserving digital currency, but there's some others. Um, one is how it's funded. And this is pretty special and pretty novel. Uh, ECC and the Zcash Foundation, which is a separate 501c3. ECC is actually owned by a 501c3 called Bootstrap uh, as well. And then there's another funding organization called ZOMG that funds grants. All of us are paid by Zcash holders. And the way that that works is that Zcash is proof of work mining and 80% of the mining reward go to the miners. Uh, and then 20% goes to these three entities where ECC receives 8% or excuse me, the ZOMG, the grants, um, uh, the grants body gets 8%, ECC gets 7% and the foundation gets the remaining 5%. And so we're very much aligned to, um, to the best interests of the, of uh, Zach holders. Um, that's how we're funded. That's how we're paid. And uh, that's pretty unique in the space. Interesting. Um, you talked about mining. Uh, I'm familiar with Bitcoin mining and generally how that works. Um, that the ASICs computers are, are the systems that are typically run for uh, Bitcoin mining. Uh, can you describe what, how, how mining is done for Zcash? Is it similar? Is it the same? And what does the network of miners look like for Zcash right now? Yeah, there's a lot of similarities. It used to be that you could mine, you could GPU mine, so you could mine from a PC. Um, that changed. So just like the whole industry changed, we moved to ASICs or these specialized, the specialized hardware for mining. Um, miners started building that kind of hardware, ASICs hardware. And so um, it's not profitable really, unless you have cheap power uh, to mine. So a lot of the Zcash miners are in some of the same places as Bitcoin miners. There's a lot of similarities between, between those. But with Zcash, you do have the ability to mine to a shielded address or to a shielded pool. Um, and so to the extent that someone wants to kind of trace the origin, um, it can go back to a, to a place that can't, um, that's, that can't be traced. Gotcha. Have you heard, have you heard of folks... Uh... Mining Zcash with renewable energy, like solar and, and different things like that. Yeah, that's a pretty hot topic these days. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, again, 
very kind of uh, similar minor makeup. I don't have all the numbers. I think there's numbers out for like what Bitcoin is. It's like 75, 76%, something like that. Use renewables at some point. And I think it's like 36% maybe of total Bitcoin mining is, um, is, is renewable today. It's probably something similar to Zcash, but I don't know for sure. Contrary, contrary to what our friend at SpaceX says, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I won't. I won't comment. <laughs> so, um, you talked a little bit about the differences between Zcash and some of the cryptocurrencies, but uh, what, what would you say are the biggest competitors to Zcash in the crypto space right now? Um, it's interesting because I mean, usually Zcash gets lumped into this category of privacy coins. Um, Often it's Monero and, and Dash. Um, Dash is waving a flag saying they're not actually a privacy coin at all. Shouldn't be in that group. I don't think that group, that kind of grouping is, um, uh, I, I don't think it's right. I think it's just kind of a simplistic grouping. In a sense, all cryptocurrencies provide some level of privacy. It's not a binary thing. It's not either you have privacy or you don't have privacy. It's depend, it depends on how you use it. Depends on the wallet you use, if you're using mixing services, and more and more additional cryptocurrencies are adding privacy. So Ethereum's adding privacy capabilities. Tezos um, has privacy capabilities. Even Tron has, uh, I think, is implementing some privacy stuff, Litecoin, um, on and on and on and on. It's just different levels and in different ways in which they work. Um, so when we talk about when we talk about competition, like broadly, ECC's mission is really about economic freedom for everybody in the world, that everybody would have access to a fair and open currency. Um, so I think maybe our biggest competition are our fiat currencies uh, <laughs> more than more than any other kind of digital currency. I like it. I like it. Um, so what was the first exchange that Zcash was available on and how many different exchanges are, is it available on now today? Oh, good question. I don't know if it was Poloniex or Kraken. I think it was one of those two. I think that was the first. Um, uh, Zcash is on, again, I would say in the U.S., you know, most of the dominant exchanges, so Gemini, Coinbase, um, Binance U.S., uh, all, support, all support Zcash. Uh, with Gemini, Gemini is a little bit unique in that Gemini allows you to send to a shielded address where all other exchanges only allow for uh, sending to a transparent address here in the U.S., there's another one in Italy that also supports um, sending. You can deposit from a shielded address to all those exchanges, um, but Gemini is unique with, with the sending capability. There's some exchanges globally where there's some countries globally where uh, users currently don't have access. And we're working with local regulators that includes Japan and Korea currently. Um, and largely, I think that has to do with misunderstanding of how the technology works and what it's used for. Gotcha. Um, can you kind of walk through, you know, some of the typical transactions that folks can make or that would typically use Zcash for, as, I guess, some of its use cases? Yeah, I mean, it's it's designed, it, some of its use cases, like anything else, some people are using it as a speculative asset. Some people are using it as a store of value. Um, so they don't believe necessarily that Bitcoin can be digital gold if it's not, if it's completely transparent and anybody can see it. Um, so that's the, that's the challenge with Bitcoin, right? You have a transaction, you have an address. If I send you a Bitcoin, um, unless I'm using some kind of technology to try to obfuscate information, you can see my address. You can see 
what my balance is. You can see my transaction history. Um, and if you can see it, then anybody can see it. And it's not just the government. Um, it's foreign. Um, it's it's foreign governments or foreign hackers. Um, it's future employers. It's um, it's it's anybody, and it's it, you can't delete it, right? It's immutable. It's out there for all time. So there's some that that want to use it as a store of as a private store of value to be able to store their digital assets privately. Um, and then it's 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 really built for payments. So there's low transaction fees. It's like less than a penny to send a transaction. Um, it's very fast. Blocks are at, come at uh, 75 seconds. Um, so, uh, so that that process is very, very quickly. Um, in fact, I just tweeted last week, I was in Boulder and there's a coffee shop in Boulder, uh, Boulder, Colorado that accepts Zcash. Um, and I was talking to the owner about why he accepted Zcash. He's like, I want an option because I use traditional credit card systems. I pay my, whatever it is, two to 3% transaction fees so that whoever's using the credit card can build up their points. Um, but I'm, uh, I'm at the mercy of the credit card provider. Um, so I want to have an option where I'm not at the mercy of the credit card provider in terms of the fees, because then I have to pass that along to the, to the customer. Um, so it's being used in, in some places like that. There's also some other tools like uh, Gemini Pay. So Gemini Pay is built on something called Flexa. You can also use Flexa. And that allows you to store your Zcash and then use it at major retailers like Lowe's and Baskin Robbins, um, I think AMC Theaters, um, some some other retailers like that. So, um, so Zcash is also used for payments. That's great that there's a place like that coffee shop that are accepting it. Have you heard of other other merchants um, that are accepting it just just like the coffee shop? Yeah, there's actually a website called Pay with. Um, oh, I would have to look it up. Um, it's, I think it's paywithzcash.com. I, I was I was like, I don't know if it's pay with or pay by, but there's a, there's a website out there. You can link to it from, or it's linked to from the Z.cash site um, where you can look up all, all these different kinds of vendors and folks that are accepting it both online and, and in person. So transaction fees are low um, and the transactions are quick um, without getting, I guess, getting too much into the, into the weeds. How are you able to, to, to make that happen? So, so uh, easily. Uh, it's just the nature. It's it's the way that it's set up. So the blocks are a little bit bigger than Bitcoin. Again, the transaction of Bitcoin confirms every uh, ten minutes, and and Zcash is is uh, up blocks are mined at at seventy five seconds. It's got the same emission schedule, so still twenty one million Zac Zcash, uh, just like Bitcoin. Um, and uh, but in the emission schedule is is the same as Bitcoin. So there's a happening every four years and so on. Um, it's just less Zcash mined per block. Um, than uh, than than uh, than Bitcoin in order to allow for that that speed, um, and then there's some interesting stuff coming up as well. So we had another cryptographic breakthrough called Halo. Um, Halo could be really a, a fundamental building block of of uh, of Web three. Um, there's a number of projects that are looking seriously at at adding Halo as this underlying layer that will allow them to scale. And that will also allow for privacy, uh, on-chain privacy, as well as the, the scalability. Um, that one will be pretty interesting because, again, we, it has the promise to, to scale at layer one. So not requiring um, things like Lightning Network or other layer two things like Bitcoin requires. But um, uh, we'll see where that goes. 
interesting. Interesting, right? And so it's, I mean, it's basically kind of framed off the uh, kind of the concept of Bitcoin and it has that limited supply of 21 million. Um, I guess that's built in the protocol and that, that can't change. That's right. That's excellent. And I mean, not a lot of other cryptocurrencies are doing that, right? I mean, that you don't see that a lot today. Yeah. Uh, different cryptocurrencies have different cri- crypto economic systems and um, are playing with different ideas, but um, yeah. So this is a crazy week for uh, crypto generally. Uh, there was a big price dip, as you know, uh, the past few days. Um, any thoughts on that? On on what some of the factors are that contributed to the general kind of dip in the in the market? Joseph, man, like <laughs> it's it's funny because um, as a holder of crypto, I and have been holding for a while or hodling, um, but I'm so used to these things that. It was, you know, the morning when it was like it was crashing, I was sitting on the couch with my wife and I was like telling her how, what it was dropping to. And but it just doesn't emotionally affect me anymore uh, yeah. because these things, uh, they happen. They're natural parts of cycles. It's going to be volatile for a while as more money until more money enters the space and and it levels out. There's always the FUD. There's the China FUD. There's the Elon FUD. It doesn't matter what it is. There's always the FUD. And uh uh, it will work itself out. So, um, you know, largely it's the, uh, I've learned just not to panic. Um, and having lived through the, you know, the crypto winter, the crypto bear market for, for so long, um, I've got pretty thick skin. So. I gotcha. Um, so Zcash market cap of uh, 2.2 billion, is that correct? And then also uh, circulating supply of 10 million. That sounds about right. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so I guess where can folks learn more about Zcash and, and kind of uh, follow you online? Sure. Uh, so you can follow Zcash at Z dot, Z dot cash is the site that has a bunch of more information on Zcash. Uh, the electric coin company is electriccoin.co, electriccoin.co. And that's we, we blog quite a bit from there. There's a lot of, um, uh, information there. There is a Zcash Foundation, which you can also check out. Um, they've got uh, they've got a site as well. And then my personal Twitter is is just uh, at J Swihart S W I J S W I H A R T. Excellent, um, Josh. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and, and talking a little bit about uh, Zcash. Uh, listeners, encourage you to 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 learn more about Zcash. Check it out and uh, get some in your portfolio. Joseph, thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by our affiliate, Gemini. Gemini is a well-respected cryptocurrency exchange started by Cameron and Tyler Winklevoss. If you're interested in purchasing Bitcoin, Ethereum, or other altcoins, please check out their website at gemini.sjv.io backslash Moontower to learn all about it. Thank you.